Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining me, Niall, for my very first podcast, making you my very first audience. So congratulations, and you're welcome. I want to open up with a question for you guys, okay? If I tell a joke in the woods and no one is there to laugh, does that mean that it's not funny? The very simple answer to this is no, of course not. There will always be someone to laugh at my jokes and that person will be me. I think I'm hilarious. I think I'm the funniest person on this earth. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have time for modesty here. No, I am joking, um, but I do laugh at myself a lot and I find it really healthy to be able to laugh at yourself. I think it makes people really resilient. It's made me resilient anyway. And I'll tell you exactly how. I have a rare neurodegenerative disease, which means a part of my brain is dying. Pause for dramatic effect. And as awful as that sounds, and it is awful to have, I'm not going to lie, but I find laughter is key to getting through it. And I don't mean that I laugh all the time and completely ignore what's happening. That's not it. Ultimately, for me, laughter really does get me by on a day-to-day basis. For most things, if you can laugh about it afterwards or during, it will help you significantly. Which is why I decided to create this podcast called The Impatient Doctor. And the title is based on this first episode where I talk about my admission to hospital. So I, I want to talk about my experience of being a patient and a doctor. I'll explain any sort of medical jargon that there is. Okay, so let's begin. Just to let you know, I am currently in my recording studio, i.e. I'm under my bed. And I get allergies now. This is a very dusty place to be. Being under the bed is mental anguish, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) Up until the tender age of 15, every night before I went to sleep, I would check under my bed and in the closet for a fictional character from an American soap opera. And let me elaborate a bit more on this, because it might make more sense to you then. When I was eight years old, my childminder at the time used to watch an American TV soap, I think it was called Sunshine Beach. And there was a particular character on this. I remember it fondly, I remember it very well. Her name was Vanessa. Now, poor Vanessa was a nice character, but she had a terrible time. And she broke out in all of these massive blisters on her face, and she looked, they kind of made her look like a monster, and they portrayed her as a monster. So when I was eight years old, I thought she was a monster. And it used to frighten me. For some reason, I thought that Vanessa was in my closet or under my bed. One night, I was crying um, hysterically, and my dad was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, Dad, Vanessa's under the bed. (laughs) But anyway, obviously, I realized at the age of like 11 or 12, maybe sooner, that she was not, in fact, under my bed. And this was irrational. But it was habitual at this stage. Um, I outgrew it eventually. Yeah, I did. Probably at the age of 16 or at the age of 15. So being back here under the bed is like facing demons of the past. But as long as I can find entertainment and good sound quality to you, the audience members, that will make me happy. Yes. So for the first segment, I want to talk about how I came up with this whole concept. What made me want to do this podcast? So I was admitted to hospital two weeks ago for seven days. And I was admitted with... Let's keep it GDPR here, folks. I was admitted with gastric issues, shall we say. I had diarrhea. So I had these gastric issues. And on day six, my team came to me and said, so Niall, you're going home. We have just we just need to get that CT scan just to tie up any loose ends. And we want to get it done while you're a patient, even though we don't expect to find anything. You'll definitely have it done this evening. So I waited until the evening arrived. And it didn't happen. The scan didn't happen. As a doctor, I know that scans rarely happen when they're supposed to. 
Um, and when a radiologist says something like this, of course, your, your patient's non-urgent CT scan will definitely happen today. What they actually mean is, yes, your patient's non-urgent CT scan will definitely happen today, provided that nobody else walks into this building or nobody else currently in this building requires a CT more urgently than you do. And of course, my CT was non-urgent, so a lot of people needed this CT more than I did. But the fact of the matter was, if I got this CT and it was okay, it meant that I could go home and there would be a free bed for someone else. And that's, that's why we wanted to get it done. My team came back to me and kindly said to me, Niall, we're really sorry about that now. You'll get your scan tomorrow morning, first thing, I promise. So I waited for the morning to come and I was, my scan didn't happen. Like a phoenix from the ashes, my inner diva came out and I rang CT reception myself. And here's how the conversation went. And again, for GDPR purposes, I'll be using fake voices and accents. Hello, is this CT? I'm Dr. Bradley Pitt here. I'm just wondering where my patient is on the list. Yeah, of course. What's the patient's name there? The patient's name is also Bradley Pitt. All right. Yeah, I see him here. Yeah, unfortunately, the scan's not going to happen until this evening at the earliest. So uh, sorry about that. I put the phone down and I was, I was feeling uneasy. So I asked my friend for advice. I rang her. She's also a doctor. And she said to me, imagine if you phoned uh, patient flow and you expedited your own scan. That'd be so funny. Um, now, I'll just explain what that means. Patient flow, it does not refer to uh, like a river, patients just floating there. Patient flow is actually a room, a very small room in my experience, with two women in my experience again. And there's no windows in this room and there's lots of yellow post-its on the wall with pins in them and thread connecting the pins. It's like something from the FBI when you walk in and the phone is going 90. And these women are responsible for getting patients who needed beds, beds, and getting patients who didn't need beds, out. <laughs> Get them out the door. No, I'm joking. If, they, if they're healthy and ready to go home, or if there's something that they needed to get them to go home, like a scan, for instance, like me, they would get them that scan more urgently and be able to free up a bed. It's a very necessary service. So I hung up the phone anyway, and I proceeded to walk to the nurse's station, and I picked up the phone. Now, there were two nurses there, and I wasn't familiar with one of them. And she said to me, what are you doing with the phone there? And I replied, and wait till you hear this. I replied, oh, don't worry, I'm a doctor. I know, I know. I cringe myself when I hear, my, hear that I said that. I, rarely, I haven't used this term before. I've used it once, maybe, when I was in the queue to Little at the start of COVID. And I was hung over to fuck. And I had to do a bit of grocery shopping anyway. So I said to the person who was rallying people inside, hi, I'm a doctor, can I skip the queue? And they said to me, yeah, go on. And I didn't even care. I didn't look back. I didn't think twice when I saw everyone giving me daggers. I just was like, lads, I'm hungover. I need this. But I felt bad here in the hospital because I was a patient and these people were looking after me and I was being a diva. I continued to spew verbal diarrhea, which was much, much worse than my gastric diarrhea. TMI, right? So I said to the nurse, I said, look, I'm supposed to have a scan this morning and my team probably forgot to ring patient flow to make it happen. I phoned CT and they said it wouldn't happen until this evening at the earliest. My team are great, you know, they're doing a fantastic job, but I, I, think, I think I'll just do this, you know, just speed things up. Right as I was talking absolute cack through my hoop, a woman came up to me and had me a bottle of yellow fluid and said, this is for you. Now, when you're handed a bottle of yellow fluid, 99% of the time it is urine. So I thought to myself, is this woman giving me a bottle of her urine? Is it my urine? I don't remember anyone taking my urine samples. What's going on here? <laughs> 
and I looked at the bottle and it's Omnipake, or as I like to call it, contrast juice. It's basically stuff that you drink that makes your insides glow like Christmas lights on a CT scan and it looks beautiful. The nurse kindly pointed out on the bottle, now do you see that number there? That's, it says 12 o'clock, so you'll be getting your scan in an hour. So maybe go back to your room and drink your uh, Omnipake there. And I was scarlet for myself. I walked back to my room with my head between my legs. No, tail between my legs. I was aware that I still made a really bad impression and I looked like a fool. And I walked back with my juice and I could feel the nurse's glare upon me. <laughs> and I had to keep walking because when I looked in the window, the cleaners had raised my bed up about 10 metres while they were cleaning. And I was like, who the hell am I, princess and the fucking pee? I'm not going in there. So I continued to walk and I, the nurses were probably thinking, where is he going with that juice? And I was thinking to myself, where am I going to go with this juice? I can't go off the ward because I'm dressed like a 12-year-old boy in my Dunstore's pyjamas that my mother bought me. Thanks, mummy. And I've got this container that looks like urine. I'm walking around with it right now. So I kind of wanted to get rid of the bottle. Uh, so I placed it on a shelf where a woman was writing. I felt the urge to say to the woman, you know, it's not what you think it is. It's just contrast juice. And then I walked off the ward and I realized again, I had no money. I'm dressed like a 12-year-old boy in pajamas. And so I walked back in and I grabbed my juice and I went back to my room and just drank it up. And it actually tasted really good. It tasted metallic. It was like a metallic substance mixed with orange cordial um, and my own little uh, supply of rum. <laughs> I'm only joking. I didn't actually put rum in it, but I wish I did. No. That's my story of how I was impatient as a patient because I was a doctor. And I'm going to explain to you why we are like this, possibly. It's a, it's a very simple explanation and it's basically a role reversal. We work to care for people. We're used to it. It's our job. But when we need to care for ourselves or when others need to care for us, it almost feels unnatural uh, to have someone else looking after you. We're also aware of how hard people have to work in the hospital. So we'll try and do as much as we can to help out. It's almost like you can't stray away from your job and work, which is why I'd, I wanted to call Patient Flow myself. It wasn't to cause any issues. Everything I did came from a good place. I also did a few other bold things. So this wasn't too bad, but when I was on a trolley waiting for a procedure to be done, I asked the nurse for my medical charts because I wanted to have a little read. What's, what's wrong with wanting to read your own medical autobiography? Nothing, I don't think, anyway. But they did get my character grossly wrong, and they portrayed me as an absolute bitch. <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, uh, but I did do that, um, and they did a great job. Now, this was really bold of me, but I did insist on doing my own cannulas and bloods, but the nurses were just like, nah, nah, brah, that's not going to happen. Um, I was like, that's probably a good decision. And the nurse did a great job, actually, and it was so Instagram-worthy. I may actually insisted on putting it on Instagram, but she wouldn't let me because she was too modest. Those were my examples. But to be fair, and this really reassured me that I wasn't that bad, this person actually should get an award for this. But one of the nurses told me that he put his own catheter in when he was a patient. He inserted a tube into his own bladder. That's a bit far now. That's a bit much for my taste. But anyway, who's judging? But my advice to anyone who is admitted to hospital is to just relax and be the patient. You're there to be a patient. You're there to be looked after. You don't need to work or to feel obliged to help out. If you're concerned about anything, just ask questions and you'll get the answers you need. But always have the faith that your team are trying their best. And you know this. You know this from experience yourself. Um, and just enjoy those three square meals a day. Relax. Enjoy the cups of tea in between, the copious amounts of tea. And enjoy the drugs. Enjoy the sedation. No, I'm joking course i don't i don't i'm not i don't i don't condone drugs so that's really my views i was actually going to name this podcast niles nuggets but i opted not to thankfully
Uh, and next week, I'm going to talk a bit more about that brain disease that I left you hanging with um, and, and some other topics. Give me feedback if you want. Subscribe if you enjoyed it. If you hated it, give me five of those hate stars. And I'll talk to you next week. So take care. Bye.